right. Hey, let's jump in. There's a lot happening in the world of sports and maybe in the world of laws. I want to dig right in. Hey, Chris, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Joel. Always glad to be here. Can I even say that? Welcome back. You're here every single week. I don't know why I say that. It's just you <laughs> open time. your mouth. Things got to come out when you open your mouth, right? We right. talked about that. I don't understand it, but hey, uh, have you been having a good week down there? I know the weather is changing in yes. uh, in Kansas, which I don't understand. This is the best time of year. You look at all these trees; they're so magnificent and beautiful with all their Aww. change of colors, and they will be dead in a week. So it's just a weird <laughs> thing. Like you said, oh look how vibrant and alive they are. Uh, no, that's their passing. They are now Aww. dying, and within a week, it will be. You know, twigs out there and sticking out of the ground, not too beautiful then. So uh, do you even celebrate the changing of seasons out there in, in, in Arizona? So we get this weird phenomenon where all the license plates change here in Arizona. <laughs> All the Michigans and Iowas ah, and Kansas ah, and North gotcha. Dakotas and Minnesotas. They all like all of a sudden we have this wonderful cavalcade of colors that are different license plates going 45 <laughs> miles an hour on the highway. Okay, that's good. That is good. I did not expect that. <laughs> the change of license plates. All the different, you know, I like to play that game of where, what is the farthest away license plate you have seen? Here in Kansas, I saw an Alaskan license plate. All right. That, that was one long drive. I have yet to see a Hawaiian license plate. That would be okay. very interesting. How about you there in Arizona? You probably see them from maybe Russia. I don't know. So we get, of course, we get a lot of Mexico's. We get a lot of okay. Honduras. We get some Guatemalas. We get some, some, um, I saw a Brazilian plate once. Um, it's hard because we have Luke Air Force Base right here in the valley, ah. in the West Valley. So we get a lot of cars that have like Alaska, Hawaii, uh, New York. Florida stuff like that because you get a lot of service members that are ending up at Luke Air Force Base or even down south in Sierra Vista for the military base. We there get you go. we get a lot of cool country ones though, which I think are cool coming up from from South America and Central America. I'll have to check on uh, my maps and my my GPS to see what route you take to Brazil. I'm not sure I, I can follow that route, but hey, <laughs> maybe there is a path from Brazil to Arizona. Now you mm -hmm. mentioned Honduras and all these. Central America, South America type of, I, I, I think of their resort destinations, they're tropical. Yep. Why are they going to Arizona? Are they going to Arizona for the summer? I, I, I don't get that. We're, we're a resort destination. We're tropical. We just don't have water to go with that weather. All right, um, fair enough. No, we get, I mean, we get a lot of, Arizona is a really big international hub for a lot of different things. Um, sadly, one is human trafficking, but others is we are at the crossroads of what's easiest to get to, whether it's from a port city, whether that's like uh, Long Beach or Los Angeles. We have Vegas that's very close, Mexico um, coming up. We have a lot of border, uh, cross-border NAFTA type things where there's a lot of international companies that are just based around here in Arizona, a lot of tech companies, defense contractors, the whole nine yards. We're pretty, you know, we're the... The line that our governor uses is that Arizona's open for business. All and right. He is he has spent a lot of time building that up. So we see a lot of the international community coming out here. Plus, with hey. all the deserts, you can do all the weapons testing you want and you're not really gonna affect anything. Nice. Well, speaking of being open up for business, I checked yeah. last week's podcast and I believe we ended on you are going to work on my golf vacation out yes. there in Scottsdale, Arizona. I will tell you. 
I do not have a lot of faith in you. And so I also started looking in El Paso, Texas. So my options are Ooh. golf retreat in El Paso, Texas, or Scottsdale, Arizona. I can tell Ooh. you right now, the El Paso one's coming in at about a third of the cost. Yes. Uh, have you, have you c- c- stumbled across any great deals for me yet? Or are you still in the process of investigating? So if you're just centered on Scottsdale, you're not going to get a lot of great deals because that's where everybody goes to golf. But luckily here all over the valley, there's a lot of great golf courses out in Gilbert, out in Dobson, out okay. in, in Mesa. There's some in Apache Junction that are really great drive. built. Right. And it's not that far of a drive. It's like 20 minutes from Scottsdale. But if you want the Scottsdale zip code and the, the Scottsdale schnobbery, then you're going to pay for it. I do not want to pay for schnobbery. That is the antithetical antithesis of what I stand for. I like deals. That's why I'm looking at El Paso. That and I love the restaurants. The great Mexican food (laughs) down there. I I had a lawsuit down there in El Paso, and I just I boondoggled the heck out of that thing, man. I was checking all the different salsa shops in town. The the person that was on the other side, the person we were suing or was suing us, however that worked, I kind of forget. They actually own their own salsa company. I thought, Ooh. is this a conflict of interest for me to be suing someone I, I so admire and want to make some inroads with? I would love to have some interconnections with the salsa company. But, hey, nonetheless, uh, I'll give you a couple weeks to work on that, see if you can mm-hmm. come up with a great. That. Because we got to take a picture. We are doing this podcast. We have never been in the same room together since we started this podcast. We I think it's going to change here in New Orleans. Are you going to New Orleans in January? I, I am. I have. I have tentative yes plans for New Orleans in January. All right. I'll be there as well. So let's make sure we either go a day early, stay a day late. We'll hit the golf courses there. Right. And we can snap some photos for this podcast. All right. That Perfect. being said, hey, we got to get into some legal news. And I know this case is going to it's going to be a fascinating case. It's going to split right. us, maybe split us, maybe join us. I don't know. I'm always yeah. surprised we get a liberal and conservative in the same room discussing things. And they actually are not at each other's throats. It's weird the common ground that they can find. So, mm-hmm. that being said, Garvey v. City of New York came out this last week out of the Supreme Court of New York. Now, before mm-hmm. you say, oh, Supreme Court of New York, that's the highest court in New York. Uh, no, watch Law and Order. All right. Do you watch Law and Order? I do for 20 right. plus seasons now. Then, then you probably knew this. If you watch Law and Order, it will say Supreme Court of. New York, whatever district, and then yep. I'll go to a, a trial court. Uh, what? Yes, yep. in New York, the Supreme Court is the lowest level, and then you rise up to, I don't know, traffic court is the Supreme Court? I don't know. They don't do it like that. Court but. of Appeal. Court of Appeal is their, is, their, is their top level highest court of last resort. And you know why you know that? You law watch and Law and law Order. Order. I'm telling you. Hey, for those right. of you listening who are staying for the bar exam, screw Barbary. Nope. Get rid of the horn books. Marshall just Collins. watch yeah. Law and Order, That's and it. you can prepare yeah, for the law exam. Bar exam. All right. That exam. being said, the, the issue in Garvey, the city of New York, was the issue of vaccinations. Yes, vaccinations are mm-hmm. back in the news. But what happened here, if you remember back in, in 2021, 2020, the pandemic, uh, there were a lot of vaccine requirements and Mm -hmm. the vaccine came out, everyone got it or they didn't get it, whatever. It was a big issue. No one really knew what was going on back then. I mean, I remember right before the lockdown, them saying, hey, this pandemic is taking over. This is a dire emergency. We're going to have a lockdown. 
in six days. And I'm going like, what? This is a dire emergency. So we're going to lock down in six days. Why don't we lock down now mm -hmm. if it's a dire emergency? Hey, it's the first global pandemic I've lived through. So I guess mm -hmm. that's how they do things. Well, the, some sanitation workers were fired for not being vaccinated. In fact, the mayor of New York just pretty much said, hey, everyone is not vaccinated. You know what? Donald Trump say you're fired. And so they, they fired a bunch of them. And, and so people do not, we're not happy with losing their jobs. A lot of nurses were not happy with losing their jobs, things like that. These sanitation workers that were fired filed a lawsuit saying that this decision to fire them was illegal. And mm -hmm. it was illegal for several different reasons. Uh, but basically they're saying, hey, look, we don't understand why we lost our job. We were doing fine picking up trash and we did not want to be vaccinated. You fired us. Well, a month after this decision was made to fire these sanitation workers, the mayor of New York issued another executive order, this time exempting out from the vaccine requirement, private employers dealing with professional athletes. Now I remember when this came out. Do you remember when this came out? I do. It was do you remember it's it? literally a year ago. Probably when this podcast airs on Friday. Okay. And this is why I remember it. I'm a huge sports fan. And I, I was watching the New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Which Brooklyn Nets, yeah. Yeah, they, they deal with that. And so you have uh, Kyrie Irving who plays, and he refused mm -hmm. to be vaccinated. And the issue is he could not play his home games because of this. Yeah. They're in, in Madison Square or wherever they play. And, and so, uh, I guess in Brooklyn. And so the issue is, well... Will the Brooklyn Nets actually get their star point guard back in time to make a playoff push? Well, mm -hmm. lo and behold, the mayor then issues this executive order exempting out yep. professional athletes. And I remember thinking, okay, good. They, they did this because of all the commotion and they want Kyrie Irving to play on their uh, for the playoffs. Well, hold on. The sanitation workers were saying, I thought this vaccine requirement was huge. Was imperative for public health? You're making this exception. Hey, Kyrie Irving makes millions. He doesn't need the exception. Right. I need I my need paycheck. Yeah. And so they sued the mayor of New York saying, hey, look, this decision to fire us clearly was arbitrary and capricious. Yeah, you have no idea what you're doing there. Because a month later, you then un you issue an order that seems to be contrary to your decision to fire all of us. So, Chris... Please make some sense of this uh, executive order and this lawsuit. Yeah, so the health commissioner of New York is given power by the legislature to do certain things. And one of the, the orders of the health commissioner was to say all public employees have to be vaccinated, okay. which is well within the realm of the public, the health commissioner's powers to do so as guaranteed by the legislature in New York. Then could, the could be, could be, could that be, is a debatable point. It, it could be, but that's not the point that's being argued here in this case. Well, okay. Th that is one of them, but it's one of the lesser ones that the judge kind of glosses over because Mayor Adams then issues executive order 62, which says all private employers have to abide by the health, the public health commissioner's rules. And in that order, all private employers, except for, Performers, athletes, artists, concerts, uh, touristy things that are going to bring dollars to New York. Right. right. But if you work at Saks or if you are a cab driver or if you are a McDonald's worker, you have to get the vaccine. But not Kyrie, not 
Demi Lovato, not Jay-Z. Like, you guys don't have to do it because you have millions of dollars. You can bring millions of dollars. Now, can you at least side with or, or understand the plight of the yes. poor sanitation worker? The sanitation 100%. worker is saying, I'm outside in the public. I'm picking up trash. Right. That's the safest place to be. You're going to fire me? But right. this athlete, right. he, you're, you're not going to fire him? And and it's the inconsistencies in the order versus the health commissioner's order versus the mayor's order that's really the crux of this issue is that does the mayor under new york constitution have the power to one mandate the private industry to take vaccines and two can that order be so arbitrary and capricious as it doesn't line up with the 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 person who has power or alleged power to make that order from the commissioner's desk of the health commissioner. Right. And, and, that's, isn't, and that's what the case turns on. Isn't there not also a distinction in this case turn on the issue of, hey, you know what, mayor, you can, and health commissioner, you can make temporary decisions because we're in an emergency. We were all there. We had no idea what was going on. A lot of these people were just guessing, but you almost had to guess. And some of them were mm -hmm. guessing and erring on the side of caution. We get that. We all lived through it. Some never were vaccinated because they, they right. maybe saw things to. differently. I don't right. know. Um, I, like I, said, I represent people before on vaccine issues. A lot of people do have a, a sincere objection to just injecting things into their bodies. Mm -hmm. Look at my pantry. I have Twinkies and Ho-Ho's. I have no right. problem injecting things into my body that should not be there. No, that's right. If you've eaten a Costco hot dog, you're fine. You're, the vaccine See, is not your problem. <laughs> Exactly. So I have other things to worry about. Right. Maybe I should be more concerned, but nonetheless, right. I'm not. But that's a, a temporary matter, right? Hey, let's just get through this pandemic and let's just do the best that we can. Firing someone, is that mm -hmm. not, that's more permanent. That is like right. life altering. So now we're saying, well, hold on. Yes, you had emergency powers, temporary powers, mm -hmm. but now you want to fire someone? Well, now you better have a better reason for doing so other than, you know, I think this might be in the best interest. Oh, a month later, I changed my mind. Well, and the, I think the problem becomes is that I, I think he has every, the, the mayor would have every right to fire these people. I think that that's part of the right of the mayor. And I think in the New York constitution, it allows for that. The problem is, is that he exempted certain people that there wasn't a legitimate reason to exempt. Like if he would have came out and said, Everyone has to get the vaccine except for those that have medical issues or have religious exemptions. Nobody would have, it wouldn't have been capricious and arbitrary, but he was picking and choosing specific employment right. types that yes. were exempted that had no, the, 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 the basketball player or the sports player has just as much interaction with crowds, maybe if not more than the sanitation worker. Which, that, by the way, don't even get me started. There was another really idiotic thing about that vaccine requirement. Kyrie Irving, while he could, back before this, this exemption was made, mm -hmm. he actually could be amongst the fans watching the right. event. So he could be out there with everyone else, the public. He cannot be on the field or on the, the court, court where playing. presumably everyone else was vaccinated. But still, that was a lot safer scenario than out there in the fans. So whatever. Again, I'm going to give people a pass for the temporary rules, because I just don't think they knew what they were doing. I had no idea what was going on. And I was following it every single day, but it was, it was the first global pan pandemic we had lived right. through. So of course we're going to follow it. And we were just kind of making it up as we go. Now you mentioned that the mayor can fire an employee. Well, you are right. 
kind of. Generally, exactly. Generally, because right. you can't fire someone for an unconstitutional reason. For example, right. uh, if you were to treat um, some two people unequally, like, hey, this right. one person. I can't fire all the Jews that work for me. You cannot like, do that. I can't fire all the black people that work for me. I can't fire. Yes. I can't fire all the white people that work for me. And you can't, can't treat similarly situated people differently. When you right. treat similarly situated people differently, that is equal protection violation. You're treating right. them unequally under the law, and that'd be another uh, violation. Right. And so the issue is, does the mayor, did the commissioner have a basis for doing what this person did? And so... I guess the argument was this is arbitrary and capricious. Right. Chris, I know you and I talked a little bit about this beforehand. One of the problems we have in reviewing this order that came from the court is we're not sure at what point of trial this was. We right. can't even tell. There's no citation to discovery. Yeah. There's Nothing. no citation to a trial record, no mention of a trial record. The only mention of a motion in this order was a motion to dismiss filed by the defendants here, the respondents. Right. So how do you go from a motion to dismiss, no discovery, no facts, no right. trial, to we're going to grant the petitioner's petition right out of the gate? Chris, right. I don't it, understand this. Yeah, it, it looks and reads as if it was just judicial review of the two orders with no actual arguments or anything to go about it. Now, there could be the fact that nobody disputes the facts, the facts of order 62, the facts of what the HCOM did. Nobody's disputing that facts. But hold but, on a second. Cause I agree with you on that, but here's the problem. I still get to argue. The mayor gets to put forth his reasoning, his right. rationale for why he did this. Right. And, and surely they're going to do some discovery where he's going to, I assume he talked to different uh, experts as to why. Maybe the mayor is just simply saying, hey, we didn't do any of this analysis. We didn't do right. any, of this, any of this fact investigation. So, yes, we gave you permission to turn this into a permanent order. We're going to bypass trial on this. Mm -hmm. This has been fully briefed. Maybe they right. took that position in the briefing, saying, hey, look, we don't have to go through a discovery process. Just right. go ahead and rule, and we'll take it up on appeal. And, I, and that could have been, right, that could have been the, the discussion of what they did, because, as, as I mean, I've read this decision after we finally found it online, right? It took right. A, a hot minute to find, first off, outside of all the lovely memes and tweets and all that jazz. But once you finally find, there's, there's nothing... I mean, it's 13 pages, which is, I think, a very short order to be able to go through and explain everything that's going on in this situation. The deference to the New York Constitution is three paragraphs. There's not a lot of discussion on who argued or what was argued or the points, the authorities, the cases. The It just looks like the judge looked at the motion for dismissal uh, filed by the, the city of New York and the, the mayor and goes, not only am I not going to... I'm actually going to find for the plaintiffs, the petitioners, and just be done with this in my courtroom. You know, I almost wonder, and sometimes I do see this when I sue mm -hmm. a, a governmental entity, if the other side really is a gung-ho against your position, right? Does the mayor really want to come out strongly in his legal team saying, no, we want all these people fired? Well, right. hold on, we're no longer in the pandemic. <laughs> and they are voters and they are friends of voters. So right. maybe they weren't really gung ho and defending this and said, let's just move on. Let's get this judicial order saying, hey, our, our guys can come back to work and we'll just move forward. I don't know. I guess we'll find out if this is appealed. And that's and that's a pretty solid strategy, you know, waiting out the clock. The the 
pandemic wasn't going to last forever. And right. both of us, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. So how, how many pandemics are we going to have moving forward? And it could be a lot. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with biological warfare, but let's hope that this never happens again, right? right. So all of this is moot, right? New York has to hire back the people that, that were um, fired, the 1,400-ish workers that were fired, bring them back, give them back pay. New York isn't broke, so they can pay the back pay. You know, the the mayor got a win a year ago with firing them. He got the political victory. He got the safety concerns out of the way. And now they're back to work and everybody's having a good time. I know you and I were both were very concerned with how far up the appellate chain can this go? Because the U.S. Supreme Court, what will they say on this matter? Well, hold on a second. You and I both had that thought and we both dug in and this is what we found. We can't find any evidence Nothing. of a federal constitutional argument being made. Now, the, the, again, this order only cites a New York constitutional claim. Mm-hmm. No federal constitutional claim. I, I didn't even see it in a footnote. So the Nothing. point there is, since if they did not make a federal constitutional claim in their petition, there is going to be no basis to appeal this to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, hey, I can't wait until Thomas can get his teeth into this or Alito... No. Not going to happen. In order for that to happen, this case will have to go back to the trial court. They'll have to be allowed to amend their petition to add a federal constitutional claim, mm-hmm. and then it can go up. So that would be at least three or Which, four years down the road. That could also be the strategy for having this quick decision rather than having a full argument about it is that they're not going to allow in federal constitutional claims. This is just going to be a New York issue, which right. which is going to be great, but that's going to allow the ramifications of talking heads across the border to try to make that an all 50 state issues. And it's going to be a lightning rod uh, for the midterm elections. It would not surprise me at all. If this just doesn't go away. If those 1400 people get their job back and the powers that be say, you know what, this is going to be a unpublished opinion. It's not going to be presidential. Let's just let this die right here and let's move on. I actually had one lawsuit where I sued the school district there in New York. So it was the governmental entity, the city of New York. And we won at trial court on a vaccine issue actually. And they decided not to appeal it. You know what? We're just going to stop right here. We're not going to let this be any more precedential than it already is. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to move on from this case and not appeal it. Let's get out. All right. So that being said, what else is in the news? Hey, your boy, Lindsey Graham. I know you have his poster up there in your uh, in your office. Just on this wall. Just this wall over here. Okay. Big, big right. giant poster. Big, big, big effigy to, to Lindsey. <laughs> All right. Lindsey Graham, uh, senator from South Carolina. And the, the issue is he is also on the what, the Judicial Oversight Committee, he which is. means he was the one, main ones responsible for, you know, the, the judges and things like that and how elections are, are, are happen. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he, he was subpoenaed because they want some, I believe it's the, in Georgia, uh, it was, it was involving the Georgia, um, the, the attempts election. for Donald Trump to overturn the, um, election results in Georgia and the legal strategy and legal team that he gathered, which included Senator allegedly included Senator Graham in those discussions of how to overturn the election in Georgia or to rather have the votes recounted or to do all the things that president Trump at the time wanted to get done to make sure he won Georgia. And the, the thought there was that, uh, let's subpoena him and get him to testify yes. as to the conversations that took place. 
Well, Senator Lindsey Graham, I'm looking up now what his position was there in the Senate. Uh, since I've been talking, have you been able to find out his exact position there he in was, the Senate? He was, um, well, he wasn't, he was on, ah, why can't I say this right? He was the majority leader or the leader of Senate Judiciary at the time. Okay. And, and so he would have had some oversight into yes. the, the elections. And so his argument was, look, you can't subpoena me. I have absolute immunity because yes. under the speech and debate clause. So the thought there is when you are engaging in speech and debate over legislative issues, then that's not reviewable. You don't right. you don't think you drug into court an answer as to why you voted a certain way. And that would right, include right. some of your research to to formulate your speech and debate. Yeah. Uh, and so since he was in charge of this committee, he would have been responsible for making sure the election was done fairly yes. according to the rules. And so he said, look, my involvement there was just to make sure it was done accurately. Because if it was not done accurately, then that would have been a matter for federal legislation or federal yes. action. So yes. that was his argument. That's why they should not uh, uh, subpoena him. Well, the Supreme Court uh, this last week agreed I shouldn't say agree. They're no. going to hear the case. What happens right. is if you want the Supreme Court to hear something on an emergency matter, you will file your paperwork with the justice who is in charge of your region. Well, the yes. justice who is in charge of this reason was Justice Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Thomas. And so now Clarence Thomas doesn't decide this issue. Here's what he does. He says, look, well, actually he could decide it, but they, they hardly ever do. If it's a very important matter, say, yes, I'm going to take this to the entire court let the entire court have a say on this matter and so the justice right. thomas then issued a temporary stay of the subpoena so the supreme court can hear briefing from both sides as to whether right. or not the speech and debate clause applies to lindsey graham's dealings with this matter a any yeah. thoughts on that a couple one um clarence thomas justice thomas like we need just from a visual standpoint, Clarence Thomas is not the face of the Supreme Court that should be making decisions when it comes to Donald Trump's campaign or anything to do with the Trump organization. And though this is just a uh, a mechanical review and there's nothing to say other than we're going to keep this and we're going to meet in camera about it, we're going to have the entire court decide on it, it still should have been probably the Chief Justice making that decision since these claims are very um, controversial right now. Right. I see what you're saying. However, you're never going to see that. And, and no. The justices of the Supreme Court do not like to recuse themselves almost for any reason. No, and there's they a good power. reason for doing that. Well, yes, but there's also a good reason. Below, let's say you're arguing at a district court or, or a circuit right. court, and one justice might have a, a conflict somewhere, and so his impartiality mm -hmm. might be questioned. All right, you know what you do? You have that justice step aside. Why? You have a thousand other judges who can step in for right. that judge. And so, hey, you know what, justice, the wheels of justice keep on rolling. Not so at the Supreme Court. You right. only have nine. So with one step aside, it's not like you can refill that. And in a, only a nine-member court, one justice can decide the matter. And so that's you very, very rarely ever see a justice recuse himself. Now, when you will see a justice recuse themselves is if they argued the case below. So they actually had a, they took a position and they right. were, 
they were uh, had available to them the communications the strategies of the clients uh and so then you would ex recuse themselves so people who were former solicitor generals uh, or attorneys generals they would recuse right. themselves if that same case came back before the court uh, but outside of that, man, are they reluctant to ever recuse themselves? And so I don't want—I don't even think Thomas would would recuse himself in this situation just because oh, it would look better. Well, no, because if you do that now, mm -hmm. but yet you rule on the case, then the people are going to say, "Hold on, you thought you had enough of a conflict that you recused mm -hmm. yourself then." Why are you not recusing yourself now? And so I think they're very reluctant to ever step aside from a matter. Which he, in my opinion, and I know we're going to differ on this, is Clarence Thomas should recuse himself from all of these things. Because his wife has been linked to the, the January 6th stuff and the overturning of the election. I think, in my opinion, not the opinion of debriefing the law or Joel Osters as, as a whole, but I, I truly believe that this is one of those situations where Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court at least in his official capacity, should step aside and let even there's still a conservative majority. It's not, you know, instead of being, you know, six, three, it may be five, three, but this is just one of those things where if you want to restore faith in the court, like you need to, you're too close to your wife to, to be involved in these sort hearing these sorts of issues um, because I don't care where I work at. The number one person in my life is my wife. And it's like, it's like God, wife, family, you know, country is where I'm at on my, on my deals here. So there you go. It's, it's hard. It's hard for me to view it and be like, you're going to be impartial any way you look at it. So whenever we have a justice, Chris Barone, we will know yep. that, Hey, if your wife is involved in the matter, right. we got Ooh, you. You're yourself. I'm you're out, out man. All right, hey, you know what? Go play golf. You'll be fine. Right, I'll be fine. Um, Pickleball. All right, whatever. so we'll be watching that. Again, the Supreme Court has granted, uh, has agreed to at least take briefing on that matter. And so will they uphold the stay? Will they opine mm -hmm. on it? Who knows? Hey, it is the speech and debate clause. It is an right. interesting issue for the It'll court. I can see them. Yeah. This probably wouldn't even split the court al along ideological lines because that's just one of those it matters. It right. probably would go, go above ideological disputes. Uh, and say, what does what does the speech and debate clause mean? What does it encompass? Because yes, it might be applied here in this context, but just hold on, because if this upcoming election happens like some people are predicting, and there's a red wave coming in, and now the House of Representatives is controlled by the other party, mm -hmm. the the revert the roles will be reversed, and now they'll be going after Biden, impeaching Biden for certain things that he has done. You know how that's going to look like. Right. And so there'll be subpoenas issued to the other side, and they'll be saying, hey, hey, no, look, you can't subpoena us. We were protected by the speech and debate clause. So this is an issue right. that should rise above politics and ideological lines, but hey, this is America, man. Before. This is exactly. America. It's not going to. No, we're a third world country with a Gucci belt on right now. There is I no. Tell you. There is. It is not. I don't believe for a second, absolute for a second, that if the Republicans take control of the House, that they're not going to turn around and do the exact same thing the Democrats have been doing that the Republicans did before that, and the Democrats did before that, and the Republicans did before that, and the Democrats did before that. I, like, I hate to say you're right, but I will say, hey, to all you Republicans out there, conservatives who are crying foul, saying, hey, look, I cannot believe 
They pursued impeachment like they did against Donald Trump. That is just wrong. That's an abuse of your political position. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember Slick Willie? Who played yeah. that first card? And so you got to be careful when you play that card. It's going to come back and be played against you. And unfortunately now, who's going to stop us and rise above the fray? I right. don't know. Maybe we'll run for office so we can rise above the fray. Yep. We would <laughs> like to do that. You know what? I've been actually having thoughts about that. I'm not going to do it. Right. I would love to run as a middle-of-the-road independent. Mm -hmm. Is that possible in today's day and age? I don't know, but I would love if we could find the middle 60%. Right. Uh, I believe you can, you can, you can find that. There, there's right. no way that half of our country is just split right down the middle on all issues. That's not reality. We like to think of that because when we go to vote, that's kind of how we, we, we look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's not reality. We are, we, there's 60% of the issues in which the vast majority of us agree on. Hey, Chris, will you be my running mate? Of course I will. There you go. Let's do it. Of course I will. Well, and the problem is, and I've, I think I've said this a trillion times, right? There is no money in the middle of the road. There's no money. Like, we, we agree with 60% of everything. You and I are proof of that over the last year plus of, of having these debates. But when it comes time to run for office... On the, on the right, the Koch brothers and all the rich on the right, they want to pull you as far right as humanly possible. Yeah. Do you know and all why? all the rich money on the left wants to pull you as far left as humanly possible, and we're done. But do you know why? Do you know why there's no money in the middle? Because there's no money in the green. Because, no, the middle won't win. The, you want to buy power. And so right. the middle never wins. I, Ross Pro, right. you never had a shot. Name a no. third-party candidate that has no, ever no. won, ever. No. It doesn't happen, so you don't waste your money on right. the middle because you're trying to buy power. And that's why. But, hey, Chris, you and I yeah, would be I, different. Yeah. Our, that ticket would be buyable by people. Hey, look, a liberal and a conservative running together because they agree on 60% of the issues, maybe less look at those guys who knows well, It'd be a lot know, of fun. we we oftentimes try to pick perfect which is the enemy of good or better and we want to have perfect we want to have the candidate that embodies everything that is perfect about america and it's just not there and it's right. never going to be there and then we spend the entire time poking holes in the opponent versus trying to you know as a democratic party who are we who are we building who are we who are we coaching who are we bringing up to run for office that could actually represent everyone's values. And we don't. Before we get into our favorite time of the week where we can talk sports, <laughs> I do want to end the legal side on this one thought. And okay. that is this, I cannot stand politics. Um, I, I just can't yeah. stand it this time of year. When you try oh, to gosh. demonize the other side, that's what the Republicans mm -hmm. try to do. That's what Democrats try to do. We try oh, yeah. to demonize the other side. Do you know what I really do believe? I believe in my heart of hearts that Gavin Newsom does not want to turn us into Russia. Right. He doesn't. He, he actually wants the best for America. And I also believe that Senator Lindsey Graham wants the best for America. He does not want to turn us into some kind of, I don't know what, you know, di whatever. dictatorship, whatever horrible yeah. governmental system you can think of. No, these guys don't want the worst for America. I believe that everyone out there, Minus a couple part. of people, right? right Minus right. a couple We're of trying. people, they they have honest intentions. They just think they can go about that utopian society in a different way. So stop demonizing the other right. side. They're really just looking out for the best of America. They just think it can be accomplished in a different way. Right. I don't know. 
But hey, right. that's my soapbox. I'm now getting alpha. All right, let's go to football, man. We got to get happy again. It is now time for courtroom quarterback. Now, let's Chris, do it. this is now time to talk sports. And there, this is one of the best times of the year. And I almost, I almost hate this time of year because I know it's going to be so fleeting. Have you ever been in a moment of ecstasy and the thought enters your mind of like, yes, this is great. This is wonderful. I'm eating this, this pizza. It's such a delicious pizza of Italian pie, but in two minutes, it's going to be gone. And I'm, I'm almost depressed, but can I kind of just stop here and savor and enjoy the moment? That's where we are in the football season. Just this right is the now. best time. So perfect. So perfect. It is. Because here's what it is. We are right on the cusp of the college football playoff right. rankings. And so the college football playoff is just right down the road. We, we can sense it here. And on November 1st, they will come out with their first rankings. And so that means the yeah. end is in sight. We are now starting our move towards the end of football season. Yep. I don't want to think about that. Ugh. That being said, Chris, do you have a thought on who should be in the college football playoffs? Well, and I hate to say this. I really do. But it's going to be the same big four from last year, right? We're still going to have Georgia. We're still going to have the Ohio State. We're still going to have Alabama. Probably throw in there Michigan, maybe Clemson. Um, who else we got there? You know, you know who's not going to be there is ASU. ASU is not going to be there. Okay, I you think know? that's pretty. That's fair to say, right? Maybe, but, or, maybe Oregon. Maybe. But hold on to that because here's one of the issues. This is what I am so craving. I and you know this. I cannot stand the SEC. I hate no, the SEC. They're arrogance. They think, oh, we are the epitome of college football, and so we right. got to gobble up all these teams. No, you're not. You're not that great. You're not that good. Now you might be. Because you're pursuing anti-competitive measures of buying out all your competition, you might be trying to snuff out your competition by throwing a bunch of money their way. I get that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So that being said, here's what needs to happen. Someone from some other conference needs to rise up and seize the day and take hold of that championship yeah. and tell the SEC to stuff it. So let's just look at the Pac-12. You mentioned ASU. We think their their chances are not too good yeah. of making the college playoffs. Yeah. But is there a Pac-12 team that that can make it? Maybe Utah. Maybe uh, maybe Utah. Maybe I mean Utah is there. They're on the uh, outer cusp of the top ten, but they've been ranked this year. Um. I, like, I don't want to say UCLA, USC because they're leaving us. They're there. Right. They're ranked in the top, I think, 11 to 15 range. So you you, you got Utah. You have yeah. USC. You got UCLA. Maybe, well, Oregon. I guess Oregon is. Cal Oregon is the highly. Oregon is the most highly ranked. ranked. So yeah. here's the point. If you have all of these ranked Pac-12 teams this year, right. and you have a lot of them, and I think right. last year you had almost none. None. That's going to help the Pac-12 because now when you beat, when you play another Pac-12 team and you lose to them, that's not that bad because you lost to a ranked team. And so, yes, Oregon is there. USC is there. UCLA is there. Utah is there. It might be missing some. ASU is not, not there. there. 
But that being said, one of those schools hopefully can rise to the top and crack the top four. So you got the Pac-12 looking in. What about the Big 12? Well, you got a lot of decent teams in the Big 12. You have mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is going to come in ranked about eighth or so. Um, you have TCU. It's going to be right behind, uh, right above them as well. So you got two right. Big 12 teams in the top 10. K-State is breathing down their necks. Yeah. Who do you not see? Texas, Oklahoma. They're gone. So, yeah, yeah bye-bye. Say hello to the SEC. You couldn't even beat the other Pac-12 teams, yeah, our, our right. Big 12 teams, and get out of our conference. We don't want you in there. But there's right. some there's some Big 12 teams there. Uh, so here, this is the listing, the rankings uh, that are out there, I believe, by ESPN. This is their projected uh, college playoff oh, okay. rankings. You got Georgia number one, okay. no disputes there. Ohio State number two, no dispute there as well. They're both undefeated, uh, playing very well. Tennessee is number three. Now, I do have a problem with putting another SEC team that high. But right. you can say, oh, it's okay, Joel, because they're going to play Georgia. They're going to get knocked out. Right. Yes, yes. But how far will they get knocked down? And then because they start so high, yes, they'll get knocked down a peg. But then later on in the season, they rise back up and they might jump back in the top four because they will not be playing in a conference championship game. So I don't like the fact that they're ranked that high. Clemson, number four, they're hanging around. Man, they're not winning impressively, though. They are barely winning, barely skated by Syracuse last week. I'm not a big believer in Clemson, but they did beat Alabama a few years back. Uh, That was a few years back. That's a different team. Yes, that that worries me. Uh, you got Michigan coming in, probably then at number five. Again, people should not worry too much about Michigan. I think that's fair. I think Michigan at five is fair. That's fair. Because either Michigan or Ohio State University will be there. They'll yeah. knock each other out, and the other one will be uh, the uh, playing for the conference this, championship. Is that this week? Are they playing in no. the shoe this week, or is it next week? No. Michigan and Ohio State probably won't be into the last week, my guess is. That's usually the um, Thanksgiving Day weekend game, oh, I believe. I could be wrong on that. You can look it up while I'm talking, um, no. but I believe that will be probably the big rivalry week. All right. Then you have TCU, the, the top Big 12 team, right on the cusp. You have Alabama, the third SEC team. You know what? Bye-bye, Alabama. You're out. I Forget so. about it. Yes, you will get beat a couple more times. You're not that yeah. good this year. But I don't like how they're ranked so high. That just means it's likely the two SEC teams will crack in the top of four. Uh, And then you have Oklahoma State, Oregon, and Penn State. My point there is all the conferences are represented. Mm -hmm. I would just like it if somehow the SEC could only get one team or maybe in my dream world, no Zero. teams. I would Zero love teams. that. That would be great. You know, the yeah. SEC is trying to buy up all the other schools. I cannot stand that. But then again, I am sure that the SEC, their champion, will be in the, t- the the top four. What I really don't like is in the years that come, when they expand it to 12 teams, the SEC will be clamoring for three or four of those spots. And I sure hope not. I don't want to see an SEC conference tournament as are in our national playoffs. That's, right. just, that's not good for football. I want the Pac-12 to improve. I want the ACC to improve. And I want the Big 12 to improve. And he, my thought, how that actually can happen, is some coach who is a stellar coach. Let's say it's a Bobby Bowden 
in the very early stages of his career, okay, goes to a school like his alma mater, brings him up as an incredible coach, and just stays there the right. rest of his career. Never leaves, never moves. Mm. Here's what that will do. Not only will that bring that team to the top when it comes to recruiting athletes and being a great team, but it will also bring on other coaches who want to compete in, against the best. That's what needs to happen. Some other mm -hmm. school needs to have a great coach buy into that program and stay there for the long haul. Let me throw a name by you, Chris. Do you remember a Pete Carroll? I do remember a Pete Carroll. Pretty good coach, right? Pretty solid coach there in Seattle. He goes to USC and he wins what two or three national championships? I forget mm -hmm. how many. Mm -hmm. He does incredible things there at USC. Yes, he. Some of his players were paid money. Whatever, everyone was. I don't you care about that. Exactly, he was a great coach, and the Pac-12 rose to prominence, and yep. they won some national titles. Then you look at uh, Miami. Miami rose to the top for a while there, won some national titles. Mm -hmm. It can be done. Other schools can win. They just need coaches right. who will be willing to stay there for the long well, hauls. And as much as we hate Alabama, Nick Saban's been there for a, a, a haul, right? And he's brought yes. up people around him. And Dabo Sweeney over in Clemson as well. Like you, We may not like them, but the, the system works. All right, it is now time for our picks for this upcoming oh, week. We Let's go ahead and go over our picks. I know you're dying to see oh. how did we do last week, Joel. Just tell me how we did. So there you go. Let's look at our season totals. Huh. Chris, did I get those mixed up? So mine says four and two from last week. And uh, one and four? Hey, you know what? Chris, here's the, 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 the upside, the, the, the word of encouragement for you. Do you realize it is just as hard, just as impressive to, to go losers. one and four as it is to go four and one? That is. is equally as hard to do. Equally as well. I'd like to also point out that by baseball numbers, I'm a Hall of Famer. Right? Right. I'm above fifty. I'm above five hundred. I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, I see it. If your batting right. record was nine for seventeen, that's not bad. Right. That's, that's what I'm going to go with, and that's and and I'm not going to cry as heavily as I do via text messages during Sunday when I send them to you, ripping my hair out, wondering what the heck is wrong with my life. Borderline uh, Hall of Fame, for sure. Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe maybe seventh yeah. ballot. Maybe you might get in then. I, I, I can see that. I oh, can see that. Seventh ballot. Cut me deep. I am yeah. no Barry Bonds, sir. Yeah, you know it. I'm clearly something. a Derek Jeter. Clearly a Derek Jeter. <laughs> All right. So I actually, I will just point out for the record that I did last week make a guarantee. You the first time I have made a guarantee in the history of these picks. And did I come through on that guarantee? You did. You 100% came through. I absolutely did. I actually told a friend of mine who, who texted me and said, Hey, Joe, I want to, I want to, my picks for this week. Who should I pick? I said, here's my guarantee. guarantee. Pick. I, I guarantee you. Uh, I even now forget the, the pick that I was, uh, I, I guaranteed last week, but hey. Well, I'll pull up my I'll pull up my text because it was 100% in our text. When I'll tell you what it was. Texas losing. Yes. I knew Texas was going to lose. I said, right. there's no way. Texas was like a almost a double-digit favorite. Was it over Oklahoma State? Or was it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but it was I, over OSU. There's there's no way Texas. My guaranteed be. bet was OSU <laughs> beats Texas. Texas was a double-digit favorite. Wow. That Reading was the text here first, folks. That was an amazing uh, gambling pick. Why did the betters do that? Here's why the, the people in Vegas picked the line last week the way they did. 
because there's a lot of Texas fans out there, mm-hmm. and they're idiots. And so oh, yeah. they, you money. want you want to set the line such that you get an equal number of bets on one side as the other. That way, the house does not lose money. Mm-hmm. And because you have all these idiot Texas betters out there, they thought that hey, Texas is winning. They they annihilated Oklahoma, and so you got a lot of idiots out there willing to put their money behind Texas. And so that was my one guarantee of the season. All right, yep. let's go to this week's picks. And like I did the last couple of weeks, Chris, I'm going to have you go first. All right, so I'm going to do, I don't know what I've decided this week, but I was going through the numbers and just something struck me as odd. So Vikings over Cardinals, that should be a, a gimme. They win by a field goal. Cardinals are kind of falling apart right now. Kyler's spending too much time playing Modern Warfare 2 and not enough time looking at game tape. <laughs> now, right. I did read this week that the running back for the Cleveland Browns bought a PS5 and an Xbox Series X, which are the newest game markets. Okay. Got, got accounts, got the whole nine yards, just to see which one of his teammates were up playing video games the night before games so he could text them and tell them to go to bed. The Cardinals will be trading for him very soon because that's the type of peer pressure we need to get for for Kyler Murray to start paying attention to what's going on. And I don't care who you are. You do not chew out your coach on the sideline at a national game whatsoever. Bad look. Bad look. Bad look. No. Kyler is not right. the coach. Not the, So anyways, Vikings over Cardinals is the, the slow There you go. Buccaneers after an embarrassing, embarrassing loss to Carolina. Right. Oh, my goodness. You, you could not even emphasize how bad oh. that loss was. Carolina the week before went through a fire sale where they got rid of their star players. They sent McCaffrey to the 49ers for, I think. Uh, the hey, future of the 49ers. Like it was three in the first, two in the second, and three in the third, or something like that. I don't even remember. Right. So they go through a fire sale. That's the team the Bucks are facing. And keep in mind, the Bucks had to win. Their season is falling right. apart. Right. They're is under fifty percent now. Tom. Wow. Everything in Tom Brady's life is falling apart right now, and I feel sad for the guy. I actually do feel bad for the guy. I do. So much so, I I, I almost don't want to dog on him. I said almost. Almost. Don't no, we'll dog always dog. We'll always dog. But it's a it's a one point five with the Ravens game, and I think I'm just gonna go with the Bucks. I think Brady's gonna bounce back. It's one point five, like it's you a it's what? a toss them up game. I agree with you. So how many times have we buried Tom Brady, only for him to rise up from the ashes, mm-hmm. rally his teammates around him, and delivers a Hall of Fame game? I, right. I, I get you. I feel I sense the same thing. From the Bucks this weekend, you are not right. going to see the same embarrassing performance no. that you saw last week. I think well, Tom Brady is going to figure it out for this week. And wasn't it that Tom Brady went to like a wet? He doesn't practice on Wednesdays, and he took Friday off for Robert Kraft's wedding, and then they played the the, the Panthers, and he lost. So, well, that was actually the Steelers the week before that, was, oh, that right. he did that. Steelers. So, yeah, he's still hung over from the wedding. It was a <laughs> there was a lot of massage parlors involved. Like it was all sorts of stuff with Robert Kraft. You know, it was really, really, really bad. Um, but then, okay, so Miami. Tua's back. Tua's looking great. You know, he's getting back into the rhythm. They dropped a heart, right? They they didn't drop a heartbreaker. They got within the margin, which screwed me. They still won. <laughs> I know. But it was covered, and I got out for that. They, but I think Miami's They were supposed to win over. by seven, and they won by six. six. Those are the hardest bets to lose. Right. Just right there. So, But I'm going to take Miami 3.5 over Detroit. I think that should be a quick win. Now... This is a fun one. Packers are playing the Bills, and the Bills are 11-point favorites. Man. 
Packers that's, dropped that's one as well. They were they were sad. I did enjoy the last play of the Packers game where it was like the lateral ball, like who could throw it here, who could throw it here, who could throw it here, and then Aaron Rodgers ended up throwing it through the legs of the tight, which was beautiful. Abs- like I feel that was a great analogy for his entire season, but or career, but. Plus eleven over the Bills. It's I think I the know. Bills are still going to win, but I don't think they're going to win by more than eleven points. I think it's going it to be close. Just like what we thought with Tom Brady. In our mind, we're thinking Aaron Rodgers. He he's gotten to this point in his career for a mm-hmm. reason. He does know right. how to win games. It's not like he just forgot how to win last week. So right. he will find a way to rally his troops. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, the it Bills is the juggernaut called the Bills. The Bills right. are awesome. They were on their bye week last week. They're well-rested. They're ready to go. I just don't think it's going to be an 11-point game. The Bills are good, but they, they pull out games with decent margins, you know, three points or a touchdown or something. So I just thought 11 was high for All the right. Packers. Um, San Francisco versus the Rams. I really got nothing for San Francisco. I'm not, you know, after the complete and utter just curb stomp that the Kansas City, the City Chiefs gave them, in San Francisco. So I'm picking the over-under, and I'm going to say the Rams and the Niners, they're going to go under 43.5 points. Interesting. I don't all think right. it's going to be a high-scoring game at all. And then just to hammer home how angry I am at ASU for dropping a one-point game to Stanford, Colorado is – or ASU is favored by 13.5 points. 13.5. In the last wow. five games, ASU has not broke 13 points. How bad so, is Colorado that they right. are 13 and a half point dogs over ASU? Now, I know right. both schools have just fired their coaches this year, but right. still, so that, gonna, they must yeah. be bad. Colorado is going to cover that 13.5 spread. It's not now, win outright. Now, what I want us to, to note here is that both you and I are in agreement as to the Bucks and and Miami. Um, yep. uh, we both picked those, those games. I picked the Bucks to cover. Uh, against the Ravens, I mean, yep. you're gonna give me a point and a half with the Bucks. Right. I, don't know. I I think he's gonna do it this week, um, and I also agree with you. Miami is going to uh, cover three and a half over the Lions. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I took those two. All right, Falcons. I'm gonna ride this horse. I do know that last week my boy meet Marcus mediocre finally did not cover, but I'm gonna go back to the well because they're playing. The Panthers. The Panthers were a one-hit wonder last week, and they they did not all of a sudden find this great recipe for winning that's going to carry them to the playoffs this year. I think they just got lucky. I I don't think it's going to happen two weeks in a row. And so I think that um, Marcus Mediocre will uh, win plus four and a half points, though that might be the last week this year that I pick Atlanta. The Steelers over Philly. This follows my rule of sometimes I just go with good coaching. If a good, if a really good coach, I'm talking a Hall of Fame coach, is a is a double digit dog. You know what? I think that coach is going to find a way to make this game close. Now I do know that Philly can score late and turn a seven point close contest into a fourteen point uh, blowout. I get right. that. I think Mike Tomlin's going to find a way to make this a close game, so I'm going to take Steelers plus the 11. See, I was worried with the power of Philly going to the World Series that some of that energy was going to go into the the Eagles, and that's just going to fuel them. And who knows? Philly could be on fire uh, during that game. We don't know what's going to happen. I'm not buying into Philly. I know they are the number one ranked team this year. I I, I see that. I don't get it, though. I don't get how Philadelphia, who barely squeaked into the playoffs the last couple of years, 
is now the number one team, even above the Bills. Give me a break. If the yeah. Bills played Philly this week, the Bills will be double-digit favorites. Let's just all yeah. call oh, it like sure. we see it. Oh, 100%. Philly is playing in a weak division. They're playing weak teams, so they have an inflated record. And so, hey, Steelers, I think they're going to get the – you know what? Steelers are going to beat them outright. There you go. That just, just, just proves the more I talk, the dumber I get. All right. Ah. Cincinnati and the Browns. I don't know why I picked this game. I, I needed a pick. I just threw him on there. I, I'm still kind of just sore that since he beat my Chiefs twice last year. And so I kind of, I, I revere them. I awe them. I don't understand why they keep winning. And so I think the Browns are a colossal mess. Uh, and so I'm going to take Cincy at minus the three and a half. A couple of college picks because I'm trying to learn the college betting scene mm-hmm. TCU seven and a half over West Virginia West Virginia is a mess and yeah. so I think TCU is one of the best teams in the nation so hey only a, a seven and a half points there over a lowly West Virginia team mm-hmm. I'll take TCU and then Texas A&M what is going on there Ooh. Jumbo Fisher is just a train wreck out there in Texas A&M might they rally around their coach this week I don't know, but it's almost a straight-up game over Ole Miss, who is really looking for a comeback statement win after their horrible performance last week against LSU. I think Ole Miss is going to be on fire this week. And so only two and a half points, I'm going to take LSU to cover against Texas A&M. So there you go. Those are my picks for this week. Hey, Chris, have have a great week this week. And if you find some good golf courses, send them my way. I got you, Joel. All right. See you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.